Hello and welcome to another edition of Espresso Jams. I have with me today an executive director of Business Network International, and that's commonly known as BNI. BNI is the world's leader in world, word of mouth marketing with more than 291,000 members in 76 countries. Steve is passionate about teaching uh, the power of referral-based sales. Steve is also one of the best-selling authors of a book titled Building the Ultimate Network, which provides cutting-edge ideas from experts around the world about how to develop productive relationships for business success. And Steve has been an entrepreneur all his life, starting at the age of 11. He wasn't old enough to drive, but he and some friends bought a car and they rented out rides or offered driving experiences. I won't talk about that. But at 11 years old, they put their money together, bought a car, and made a profit by the end of the summer. So help me in welcoming Steve Hand to the Espresso Jams. Hey, Steve, thank good you. to have you here. Well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. And uh, it's good to be here. Thank you so but much. It's good to see you. We've known, we've known each other for quite a while, and um, I am so glad that we finally got together to do a podcast recording. You're listening to Espresso Jams, short, concentrated, delicious conversations about business, technology, and entrepreneurship. If you're just starting out on your business adventure or you're a seasoned business professional, I'm sure you'll find value in these short conversations. Espresso Jams is brought to you by Apexable, providing the tools, insights, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. I'm your host, Joe Matz. Let's get started. Steve. Yeah, good. Yeah, so you got into referral marketing. You, you, you began your entrepreneur life very early. Um, was that actual, can I ask this on, on a podcast? Was that actually like a legal um, business? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and it was actually, if you look at it, it was actually my second business, believe it or not. So. Um, I started my first business at the age of eight, and I didn't think of it as business, but just a way to make some money. And uh, in those days, the newspapers were delivered by kids. And, you know, I had like 50 customers, and I would deliver the paper. Now, the way it worked out is I officially bought the paper at eight cents a piece and sold it at two cents a piece. And then if I collected any tips, I kept those tips. But it was a contractual agreement between an eight year old and a publishing company. Can't do it now, but that's the way it was back then. And uh, in the city I was in, the newspaper came out right after school, which was perfect. I'd, uh, you know, get home from school, get changed into a little bit more rust, you know, working clothes, and then go to deliver the paper. So 3.30, 3 o'clock, 3.30, paper came out. By 5 o'clock, I was pretty much done. Everybody was happy. It was great. And then on Sundays, the paper also came out at three o'clock, but that was in the morning, not in the afternoon, <laughs> which was no big deal to me. I liked being up then. I just got up and did it, right? Um, and every now and then, they would give me an extra paper by mistake, and I found that the barbershop would buy any papers I had, so that was pretty good. So, And my tip for him, he'd let me pay the pinball machine, so it was a fun little thing. You know, I think he liked having a kid in the shop, so to speak. So, But anyway, um, as we're going along... The kid in the next neighborhood could never get up at three o'clock in the morning. 
And so everybody's tearing their hair out. They're going crazy. And so he and I figured, well, I'll tell you what, you deliver Monday through Saturday and do both routes. And I'll do Sunday and do both routes and we'll split it. And that's what we did. And so here I am working one day a week. He's working six days a week. Now he got to keep the tips. I didn't care, but it all worked out really, really well. Yeah, well, and that's then great. another kid said, yeah. yeah, another kid wanted to do it. Within a year, year and a half, I had eight routes like that. So I was wow. doing eight Sunday routes and they were doing eight weekday routes. And as I got bigger, I needed people to work with me. So by now I'm about 10 or 11. And so I hired my friends. And the way I paid them is I bought them breakfast. So my mom taught me how to tip properly. She was a waitress and a school teacher and taught me how to tip properly. So I would go into the Howard Johnson's right down the street. Breakfast was on me. And that was kind of the way we did it. And uh, then we played baseball and football all day long. It was good, so. <laughs> now, I, I have experience delivering papers. Me yes. and a, a buddy and I took on two routes when I was living in Chicago. And we delivered nice. 150 papers every morning. Nice. We, I love it. It didn't come out at three in the afternoon, though. The, the paper up there came out at about four o'clock in the morning. So we woke up early okay. and yep. we were done by the time we had to go to school. Sundays school, were a yes. mess. Sundays because the papers were bigger and we had to put the inserts in and roll them up. Oh. And one winter, it had just snowed on Saturday evening. And my mom and I, oh my gosh, we spent hours <laughs> delivering those papers. And then I quit. You were done. <laughs> exactly. This is not for me. <laughs> it, but it, it was not as entrepreneurial as your adventure. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so this was before you bought the car. Yeah, because that's what I leveraged. I leveraged my income from that. Um, there was a, a kid. He was about 15. Driving age was 16. So he was looking to learn how to tune an engine. Um, his dad was an insurance agent, kind of entrepreneurial. He was a nice kid. Got to know him. And so between him at 15 and me at 11, I was the youngest of the five of us. And so the car was a $75 car. My investment was $15. So I was a 20% owner. That was how it worked. Pretty easy breezy. <laughs> and, you know, it was kind of fun to tune, but we liked driving it. And where we kept it, uh, the kid had a really big, dry, long driveway. So, you know. I was the first one to get to the third gear, but once you do it, everybody does it. You know what I mean? So uh, going down the driveway. Now, we found out pretty quick we had to take the mailbox out because it wasn't going to survive. And we had to make sure no traffic was coming because a lot of times you stop and you're halfway in the road. Um, and, you know, we wound up having to reseed the guy's lawn across the street once or twice. So, you know, it was uh, just an experience. But Every kid that we knew wanted to ride in that car. And so the deal was you could sit in the middle of the back seat for a nickel. You get a window seat for a dime. For a quarter, you got up in the front seat for 50 cents. You got to take it up and down the, the driveway three times. So, <laughs> And I was the trainer. I would teach them how to you know, work the clutch and the gas and the brake and all that kind of stuff sitting on the front step. So, yeah. Wow. I love it. You had a you're right. Not yeah. little at all, but <laughs> you had different different tiers. That's very good. Yes. <laughs> whatever, whatever the market would bear. That's right. That's right. Oh, you can't afford <laughs> the 50 cents. Well, we'll give you a window <laughs> seat for a nickel. <laughs> That's it. You got it. You could have, you know, if you wanted the front seat, it worked out. It was good for everybody. And as it was by the end of the summer, we could have bought two cars. If we could have found somebody that would have, you know, taken it for coins, but it was, it was good experience. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Great. Yeah. So did you always know that you were going to be your own boss? Oh, yes. Did you ever yes. work really for someone else? I mean, oh, sure, I have. Okay. You know, and, and, and in fact, um, you know, I a friend of mine, I started a radio and television advertising business as a way to meet girls. So that was our process for that. And um, we did we did about a dozen commercials, kind of in the Monty Python style. But um, we did casting parties every weekend. And that was how I met my wife. And so uh, when she came into my life, she said, this entrepreneurial up and down stuff, you need to get a job. And I was crazy about her. So I definitely did. And I, you know, went into the the technology world at that point, pharmaceutical engineering as far as um, uh, computer programming. And I was a computer programmer until I came down to North Carolina. And then after four years, my job went to Florida. It was fine with me. But she said, wait a second, you're going to be moving every three years. We can't have this either. So so I decided to, you know, take the summer off, took the severance package. And, you know, I kind of lined things up. I had some pretty good tech skills. I knew what I was good at it, where I could work. So instead of going to job boards and all that kind of stuff, I just did my research and found companies that had five people like me doing the same job already. Hmm. And I found 13 of them. So that's 75 jobs. If I can't become number 76 or replace one of those 75, I should not even be in considering sales, right? Or even living as far as that goes. So, uh, so that's what I did. I just started marketing to them and started calling them up, calling them up. I knew the buzzwords. I could, you know, I knew who the decision maker was. So I was just, you know, leaving voicemails and sending emails and things like that. And then I wound up getting three job interviews on the same day. But unfortunately, that was September 11th, 2001. <sighs> and Everything had changed at that point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had the interview with the first person because we were, I was on the phone and she was in her cubicle and the towers were coming down, but she didn't even know it. I knew it because um, I'm watching it on TV. But the people in the afternoon said, Steve, this could be World War III. We're not even thinking about this now. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. At that point, I had, I said to my wife, I got to get back to being an entrepreneur. I can't, uh, the corporate world is closed at the moment. So, uh, so that's what I did. And one of my first clients, one of my first customers was a member of BNI and brought me out there. I said, this is great. How many of these can I join? You can only join one. You got to work it as hard as you can. And I would have joined five of them if I could. Hmm. Uh, but to make a long story short, within about six weeks, I was number one in the country. 30,000 sales reps. I was number one week after week after week. And BNI is what did it for me. So, uh, So that was the process. Wow. Okay. I haven't looked back since. Yeah, it sounds like it. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. And so yep. so what are you doing now? Just being I. Just, Just being I. Business. Yeah. So uh what we what I focus on is helping people find business for each other. It's a lot easier for me to sing your praises and send business to you than it is for me to convince somebody to use my services, right? Sure, sure. It's a lot easier. So if you're somebody who's competent, credible, reliable, trustworthy, you know what you're all about, I know how you can help them, we can make that connection very, very well. And that's really the key to it. So um, it's it's just a, a great way to do business. And a lot of my people, even though, you know, I've got 46 counties I'm responsible. So it's a pretty big geography. 46 but there are people counties. All, Oh, yes. Half of the, almost a little bit less than half of the North Carolina yeah. 
Right. North Carolina, so right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So and, as and an executive yeah. director, you're in charge of the local chapters. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, exactly right. Starting them, training them, running them. That's my, my main area. So, yep. And helping them to work well together. Right. Because I've it's been great. to some BNI meetings and I didn't see you. So no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> There's 35 chapters that meet all week, every day during the week. I visit about five or six a week. But when I first took the region over, I could visit every chapter every month. It was possible to do that. Mm. But now, especially on Thursday mornings, which is the big day, twice a year is about the most I can really commit to. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So but you some work... chapters I'm working every week to help them get started. So. Yeah. so what do you call the person then who is the local, can I say leader? Does... Yeah. The, it, yeah what, sure. What's the correct terminology? We we call the communities chapters. Each one is a chapter, and the person that runs it is the chapter president. Okay, the chapter president. So that's probably the terminology you're looking for. Chapter president. Right? Yeah. So you work but, with the um, chapter president. It's a voluntary president. role. Yes, well, I work with the whole chapter, even individual members. So okay. Yes. But the more I can help the chapter president. We've got seven officer roles in a chapter. The more I can help them, the more effective it is. So uh, because these people are to a large extent volunteers, they're running their business, but this is the marketing portion of their business. Right. And so you can think about those uh, rowing competitions. Everybody's rowing at the same pace and in the same direction. A little bit of effort, a lot of payoff. So, Okay. Yes. And, and um, what are the, 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 the relationships between the chapters. Sure. Yeah. So in some cases, chapter A would give birth to chapter B. So I'm here and I've got a colleague who's in my same business and they need to start a chapter here. And maybe three or four of the people start there and then they bring others in beyond that. So that's a parent and child relationship, but we want the child to grow as quickly as possible uh, okay. to be totally independent. So that's one relationship, but others, you know, they're geographically together and um, they have the same culture because culture is different chapter after chapter. Um, some chapters are really strong in the real estate world. Some are strong business to business world. Some are, you know, whatever. So um, the analogy I kind of use is like baseball, even though it's the same three strikes, three outs, nine innings, all, you know, all that's the same. Some chat, some, teams are great on power others are about stealing bases great defense so they each attack it in different ways so the culture is different chapter to chapter but many times chapters can work together really really well would you like to get in front of more of your ideal clients and at the same time build your brand and create evergreen content well you can do that with podcast guesting this very moment, you're listening to a podcast that may have been published today or three weeks ago or three years ago. In a very real sense, you're engaging with the speakers, hopefully enjoying yourself and learning something new at the same time. And you're getting to know the guests and how they help their clients, their customers, and the problems that they solve. You may even be their ideal client and want to learn more about them and download one of their free resources you can find in the show notes or maybe even become a client of theirs. See, when you're a guest on a podcast, you will enjoy that same kind of engagement 
it is perhaps the easiest, most cost-effective way to get in front of new audiences. Learn how you can be a guest on the right podcast and engage with your ideal clients with the free resources available at gapologist.com. And I do have a lot of a lot of professionals inside the chapters that you may look at on paper that they compete with each other. They're both carpet cleaners, let's say, right? They charge about the same, they do about the same services, right? But if I'm over here in this town and this carpet cleaner is over in that town, I get a referral over there, it doesn't make sense for me to send my crew over there. I just give the referral to you. And once I know you're reliable and trust me and going to keep my relationship intact here with the person who gave me the referral, it works out very, very well. And as I found, we have about four of them in the area that do that. And what they found is they've been turning away business they couldn't do for a long time. They get a church, they get a school, they get a hotel, they couldn't do it. But now with the four of these guys, they can do it. They've got the crews, they've got the talent, they've got the ability, and they all show up one evening and get it done. So yeah. And I imagine between chapters and between members, there's a certain level of trust. Yes. A lot of trust. Even yes. if you've never met the person, you 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 can trust them because they are BNI members, and there's a whole yes. culture that that yes. that wraps around BNI chapters. Exactly, accountability is uh, really is a key component. So um, we need to know that you're trustworthy. We can rely on you. You're competent, credible. And so a friend of mine was telling me he was in Ohio, and um, he didn't even think about it until he arrived. He had no business cards. So he reached out to a BNI chapter there. He said, I want to go visit a BNI chapter. And they said, Come on in. The guy gave him 50 free business cards because he's a BNI member. And I see it all the time. Yeah. One of my realtors in Greenville received a referral from somebody in Virginia. They never met, but they know they're good. $3 million listing, the biggest listing of her career, just came down like that. So, wow. and that happens all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. So, can we talk about some challenges that you faced when you? when you took over the your current role? Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> Have you ever seen those uh, old movies where the substitute teacher is in the classroom and the kids are you know throwing airplanes at each other? And yeah, that's I, the way I, it was. I've been there. Oh, there you, you've been there, exactly. So, you know, I would walk into a BNI meeting. I had no idea what they were doing. They had no idea what they were doing. So um, uh, the guy before was very good at starting chapters and getting them going, but then he moved on to start another one, start another one. So. Um, so I had to really get them cohesive and work in the right way. So that was a big challenge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the first thing you mentioned, the chapter president, the first thing I did was make sure that the chapter president understood what to do and how to do it and do it right. What I missed is I assumed delegation, but I didn't teach delegation. So instead of the chapter president delegating to six others, the chapter president is doing the job of seven. <sighs> And when they came up for renewal, they couldn't get out of BNI fast enough. And so all my talent was leaking out of the <laughs> out of the room as fast as they possibly could. So that was my second challenge was teach delegation and things like that. So but it's been a steady process, an evolving process. And um, you know, that, this guy right here has been in BNI for 22 years. He's my longest term member. And recently I was cleaning up the um uh, the 
an office and I found that thing. He looks like he's 22 right now. He there. does. So look, he looks like a very, him. very young, clean cut man. For those of you who aren't watching on video. Yes, very young. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be video. It's going to be just sound. But yeah, <laughs> so, uh, but I can't wait to put that in his hand. So that'll be, I think it's going to pretty much like seeing it. So. Wow. <laughs> I imagine the picture on his card today looks a little bit different than that. Much different. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he made me a grandfather now for all I know. I don't know that for a fact, but yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, yep. <laughs> and Steve, how have you had to change? How have you had to develop to, to be the best that you can in your current role? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I've always been somebody who likes to work together with people, but not in a, if you say a boss and, and employee kind of role. Uh, but I did find that I was the bottleneck unless I had people working for me. So, you know, um, one of my members and she started working with me and we wrote out procedures and all that kind of stuff. And working with somebody like that was very liberating. So, yes, I might be able to do it faster and stronger, but she could do it 80 percent of what I did. And I got hours worth of time, which I could then apply it someplace else, which is much more valuable. So that was a very big change. And then evolving through that, uh, we've got about 15 people now that work with us in, in BNI. I'd like to double that um, because there's plenty of enough for everybody to do. Uh, but that has been a big change and very, very rewarding in a number of ways. So so do you, you have an office with 15 people? Are these full time? They're part time? No, they're they're, they're there, uh, there's there's three that are W two employees, okay, and um, the others are all 1099, and um, so the 1099s obviously they they can go when they want, come when they want. They've got a lot of flexibility, a lot of freedom. They used to come to my house, but when COVID hit, we stopped that, and now they're remote, and uh, remote is working out okay. It's been some adjustments, but it's working out okay. So. Sure. We're going to continue that. So. You're going to continue the remote. Yes. Okay. Yes. It worked out well. So yes. Yeah. In very fact, nice. One of my uh, one of my people just bought her first house up in Philadelphia. Oh, that's great. And it works out well. Yeah. So you have a you have a, a business with employees that's taking yes. care of your all of your uh, counties yes. and chapters. Yes. <laughs> yes. See, I, I never knew that that kind of structure was behind those weekly meetings. Oh, sure. Yeah, you, what you're seeing is the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot below the water. Um, you know, they're all properly trained, so to speak. And there's a lot of, and like I said, 76 countries. So, you know, our software runs in all those different languages and all those different cultures. And, you know, we, we used to keep our servers in Ireland. Um, so they were GDPR compliant. Uh, we still have that in the software, but now it's in the cloud. So it's less uh, less dependent on that. So, but yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Steve, what, this has been a great conversation. I've enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, we're coming to the close and I'd like to ask you what, what can you leave our guest with something that is there something they can walk away with? Do you have something for them? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are interested in developing your skills on word of mouth, um, I wrote a, a, a blog, it's 52 weeks. Each one is just a short little post, and I've got it on my website, which I don't know how to get that to you, whether I just say it out loud or I'll say it out it loud, and, and Steve will have it in the show notes. Perfect. That'll be great. And so uh, they can just go there, and it's 52 weeks. What I do is every, every odd year, 
I email it out to all my members, but it's there static. You can uh, do it at any time. And you might go through it and then say, okay, I like this part. I'll go back through that again. It's available for you. Each one has the philosophy and a worksheet that goes with it. So um, it is possible to double your business in a short amount of time. I talk about that. It is uh, so many ways to collaborate that you wouldn't even consider. Mm. And so all of that is in there for them. So I'd highly recommend that. It's on our resources page on our on our um, chapter, on our, our company website. And so that is www.triangle, like the shape, T-R-I-A-N-G-L-E-B-N-I.com, B for business, network international.com. And it's on the resources page, help yourself. That's there for everybody. So that's yeah, it. wow, that's great. And I'm sure that that is a great resource. I would recommend if you're listening to this and you want to know how to double your business and get more referrals and just work more collaboratively, go yes. check out trianglebni.com. Absolutely. Very good. Yep. It was the way I became number one with 30,000 reps in the country. I was number one week after week. BNI is what did it. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I know it's helped a lot of people, and a lot of people have made a lot of, a lot of good business, a lot of money with BNI. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great, Thank Steve. You. Once again, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for being on Espresso Jams. My my pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much, and uh, you take care. Have a great uh, great rest of the week. Thank you, sir. You too. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Espresso Jams. If you like what you heard. Please subscribe on your preferred channel and never miss another episode. If you'd like more business tips on technology, entrepreneurship, and doing better, you can find me on LinkedIn at Joe Matz, that's J-O-E-M-A-T-Z, or go to my website, apexable.com, that's apex-able.com. I'm your host, Joe Matz, wishing you an awesome day.